Hey everybody, we're back. We'll look in the rearview mirror at some Leon and LAFC Leagues Cup action, and then we'll look ahead to LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo Open Cup, Houston Dynamo MLS action at home, all coming up. Five games in the next 14 days, three of the next four away for RSL. Big span, but uh, we've got a Pablo Ruiz injury to talk about. We've got Jamaican international Kevin Lambert uh, to talk about his addition. And um, so much under the sun, under the RSL sun, if you will, uh, to look ahead to. You're listening, Bleeding, Claret and Cobalt, brought to you by One Wire Fiber. Hey guys, just a big shout out to our friend Adam Sessions and One Wire Fiber. We would not be able to bring you Bleeding Claret and Cobalt every week, every month without their great support. So you wouldn't want all your RSL news information coming from some distant out-of-state people that don't care about this community. So why would you rely on your voice, video, text for business coming from one of these big companies that literally don't care about you. If you don't own a business, but your friends do, your family does, you got to reach out to these guys because the level of customer service, of support, attention to detail from One Wire Fiber is immense. And we all know how fast the world is moving these days. If our phones, our computers, if our connectivity is not functioning properly, you just feel completely stuck in the water. And Adam and One Wire Fiber, they will figure it all out for you so you don't have to. The number one, W-I-R-E dot C-O, One Wire Fiber, they will take care of you. They care about this community. They care about this club, and they care about you. All right, Ryan, we got to look back to the Leon victory real quick. That was a couple weeks ago. Uh, as many remember, that game was scheduled and then rescheduled and moved around for national TV, and then we had a weather delay, so it was moved back to its original date. A raccoon fell through the press box and earned more views on Caleb Turner's uh, video of the raccoon hugging the very warm glass of the popcorn machine. More views than the messy free kick uh, that had happened a couple days earlier prior, uh, which is just insane to me. The Real Salt Lake press box raccoon was on TMZ. It was on Sports Illustrated. Like this thing was worldwide. It was just on the Today Show this past weekend. It's um, funny. I guess it's somewhat embarrassing because as an old MLS sicko, I associate raccoons and stadiums with the decrepit RFK stadium. America First Field is less than 15 years old, but hey, uh, as urban development uh, spreads, animals are always looking for cozy places to occupy. And uh, the funniest thing, one of the funniest things related to the raccoon thing was uh, Caleb seeing a family of three raccoons, maybe related, uh, walking across 9400 South uh, on the Friday night after the actual Leon game that was played. So uh, I feel like in the two weeks since, I see raccoons everywhere, every commercial, every um, promo that I see on social media, on Hulu, on whatever. Uh, there's raccoons in like a Discover commercial right now. Like it's insane to me. Anyway, um, 
it, it's something we'll never forget, I guess. But uh, something else we won't forget is in that uh, Leon game, I think we gave up an early goal. We were down one nothing at halftime, and then you turn around and you score three goals in 12 minutes, including a Danny Masofsky brace when he was set to be getting subbed out, and then uh, Chicho added a dagger uh, late to continue his hot uh start a form for for this club and RSL wins 3-1 on a Friday night they go to LAFC uh, lose 4 nothing on a Tuesday night in a game that was 0-0 at halftime despite a Pablo Ruiz uh, what turned out to be a meniscus injury uh, 0-0 at half but uh, you give up two Danny Boanga goals in the first I think 7-8 minutes of the second half and you give up a couple others and uh, it's a very ugly second half a very ugly score line but I guess the silver lining coming off of that uh, LAFC round of 16 losses the team gets to uh, rest rehab recalibrate uh, refresh and um, and now we go into a very very heavy uh, schedule congestion slate uh, again five games in 14 days and it starts this sunday in la not against lafc but against the galaxy the galaxy will be honoring uh siggy schmid the father of uh rsl technical director kurt schmid he they're inducting um kurt in or sorry they're inducting Siggy into the LA Galaxy Ring of Fame. So that will be an emotional night as well. Not a different kind of emotion than we saw uh, with Chicho and his return to LAFC, getting his his ring and um, taking a lot of pictures pregame with ex-teammates, with the LAFC brass, uh, with fans, with the 3252. I think he got a great reception. Uh, there was a lot of talk in the run-up to the game about, hey, what are you going to do if you score? And he said, look, it would be disrespectful to the RSL fans if I don't celebrate, but I'm not going to go nuts because I still have a bond with uh, with the LAFC fans. So I don't know about you, Ryan. You were in the building. I was just watching on uh, Apple but it, it did seem to me that uh, it was a pretty emotional and emotionally exhausting return for Chicho uh, to what is now BMO Stadium. And, uh, man, how, how the script could have been written maybe a little bit differently if that great volley he had that just went a couple inches outside the, the right post, if he buries that. Um, again, I think he buries it if he's not so drained from all the pregame activity, but that, you know, who knows? He Only he knows. And, uh, you know, there's a couple other opportunities. Andres Gomez got his first start in a while, looked looked pretty dangerous, uh, had a lot of near chances, both passing and finishing, that uh, didn't quite come to fruition. Danny Masofsky also returning to LAFC, although not for the first time, like Chicho. So uh, it was a rough, it was a rough night from a result standpoint. Obviously, Justin Glad. Uh, gets his pocket picked by Buanga for what I think effectively was uh, the goal that killed that game uh, for LAFC. So I don't know. You were in the building. Tell us uh, your impressions of of RS the you know I guess the death knell to RSL's League's Cup run, and then and then we can look forward to picking up the pace here on both MLS and Open Cup fronts uh, this week. Yeah, I was in Orange County visiting my parents and. Uh, when they went when they win here in Sandy against Leon, the game in LA shows up. I'm like, well, I'm still here. I gotta go try and figure out how to do this. So it took me and my kids went up to BMO Field. Um, and it was it was an incredible experience. I think that, that that stadium is is very fun to be in. I think that's a it's a really great stadium. Uh the thirty two fifty two are nonstop 
intense the entire time fans in the stadium i know it was a similar situation to when we had uh, a league's cup where it's not it wasn't the the um season ticket holders but they ended up filling up that the, the, it wasn't a ticket it wasn't a ticket that was on the season ki- ticket holders package but they still filled it up um the fans were all very much into the game um i think i mentioned on the last our last little episode that that i was able to explain to the fans around who jenna john jenna was uh because of the they were people were uh, curious about it because of the warm-ups that the RSL was wearing as they came out um everybody was everybody there loved chicho was incredible as he came out like the biggest i as he walked out like things were i mean you would have thought that i don't know i can't imagine i i don't know what i was expecting to, when he came out there but they, they went crazy for him when he came out and this was during the training like uh, they've done i've been during the warm-ups and uh the people in my section where you could you could hear just that that was my uh, kind of connection to what was going on. But there was a couple people there that hadn't realized Chicho was gone. But everybody was like, oh, I could never root against Chicho, this kind of stuff. Um, I happened to be sitting one row in front of a lone RSL fan, someone who was also in a similar situation visiting. I think he was visiting in-laws. Um, he was from, from here, from Utah. And uh, we ended up being able to bond pretty quickly because, uh, well, I wasn't wearing any RSL gear because I didn't plan on yeah. that game being there. <laughs> this dude had had um, he had a full he had a he had a the gold jersey, and uh, so we sat there kind of amidst this really energetic group of you know LAFC fans. Uh, the Chicho attempt there uh, towards the end of the first half, I believe that was when that went out when that missed I, from our angle. I was in the corner like perpendicular to the goal. So I was kind of like in the corner um, and it did kind of look like it maybe had gone in and people were like that, that, that that stadium would have gone wild if Chicho had scored a goal right there. They would have loved it. I mean, they would not have loved it, but they would have loved, they were ready to see him score. I would be very interested to see what would happen to that guy. The, the energy in the stadium kind of stayed high after that shot because people were so like into the fact that Chicho had almost scored on them. It was kind of a crazy, crazy moment. Um, yeah, but it did kind of get away and as, uh, in the second half and as we were, me and my newfound RSL friends sitting in the, amidst the sea of like LAFC fans, we kind of commiserated over, well, they're not looking like they are. They, this is not what this team looks like. Uh, normally, I mean, we've seen them play better. Obviously, uh, Pablo Ruiz going down. I don't know many teams that could survive that kind of blow yeah. and like just brush it off. I think that that's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, Ultimately, uh, LAFC is a good team, and I think we've been seeing this for a long time. I mean, obviously they won the the um, the cup last year, uh, so that team doesn't look like it's. I mean, there's been some question marks around them. I think this this season, but that's very much a team that I don't know. They they should have had a. I think that they should have done a little bit better in this tournament, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Concacaf run early in the season uh, took a little bit of steam out of them. They've they've kind of struggled since, but. They were good enough before and after that to be tied with RSL for second in the West at 37 points. Uh, they they looked amazing uh, in their first League's Cup game, right? They get the bye into the the knockout round, into the round of 32. They crush um, Bofo Saucedo's uh, new team, FC Juarez. I think 7-1 was the score of that game. Um, then they beat RSL 4 nothing, and then... Um, who did they lose to? Was it Monterey? Yeah, I mean, Monterey, I still think, is probably the best team in the continent. And, yes, they didn't make the League's Cup final, but, 
you know, they've been on the road for a month. Uh, they've been, they've zigzagged from Salt Lake to Seattle, to LA, to Houston, back to the West coast. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to give Monterey a pass on, uh, their, their last, uh, what was it? They lost to Nashville, I believe. So, um, and look, Nashville was in very poor MLS form going into this tournament and they've, They've ridden a gauntlet to get to the the final here against Miami this weekend. So props to them. Anyway, um, as you mentioned, it was hard to get a gauge on on where RSL's at. Um, and I think the League's Cup, you know, we talked about it coming out of the Monterey loss, right? You wanna you wanna test yourselves against the best in the league and the best in the continent. Uh, you manhandle Seattle and what may be RSL's most complete performance. I think Pablo Mastroeni thought it was our best game of the year in the three nothing against Seattle. Then you turn around, uh, you lose for the first time in nearly two months um, to Monterey in a game that maybe the scoreline uh, makes it look worse than it was. There was there were plenty of chances that RSL created against Monterey that 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 maybe belie the performance versus result aspect of everything. Uh, then you get the comeback win against Leon at home, and then you go and, and lose again in probably dispiriting fashion at LAFC, who, you know, I put them right there with, with Philadelphia and Cincinnati as one of the best teams in the league. St. Louis certainly deserves mention, but with them being an expansion team and some of their injuries, you just don't know, can they hold on? And and that's what we're all going to find out. You know, RSL's gone from – Eleventh uh, or twelfth in the West to tied for second uh, since uh, early April, so 120 days. Ryan RSL played 27 games, lost only five, uh, got to the Open Cup semifinal, uh, got to the knockout rounds, round of 16 actually in the League's Cup, and then uh, zoomed up the MLS West standing. So now the the rest of the way, you've got 10 regular season games. Hopefully two Open Cup games. Certainly the semifinal in Houston on August 23rd is a massive, massive proposition for this club and its prospects to get, um, you know, to maybe raise a trophy at home, to get into the CONCACAF Champions Cup now, not Champions League, Champions Cup in 2024. There are some scenarios where if Miami, you know, wins Open Cup or wins League's Cup that will know um, what the... Sorry, Miami just has to get to the final for Open Cup. We'll know at kickoff of that Houston game if winning in Houston puts us in the Champions uh, Cup next year. So there's some of those cascading birth scenarios amongst the different qualification methods. Certainly we'll clean up those scenarios and, and advise everybody uh, prior to the Houston game if those come into play. But I think the the big opportunity for this club, and you hear Elliot talk about it, you hear Pablo and the players talk about it, is if we take care of business in Houston, then you have the opportunity to play for a trophy at home. And that's something this club has not had since 2013 when they lost the Open Cup final at home to a very bad uh, underachieving DC United team. I think they won three MLS games that year. Um, you lost the CONCACAF final at home in April of 2011. So could the third time be the charm? Maybe, but you don't want to look ahead so much that you take your eyes off the prize and stumble in Houston. And kind of another scheduling quirk, we've seen this a couple times this year with, with RSL's Open Cup Road. Um, Houston Dynamo are the same team that comes back and plays RSL's home MLS 
uh, post hiatus opener on at America First on Saturday the twenty sixth. So RSL playing Houston twice in four days, and it bears repeating here, Ryan. Um, this club has been very good on short notice throughout the Open Cup run, throughout that twenty seven game gauntlet from April eighth to August eighth. On short notice, RSL played 17 games and um, won eight, drew six, and lost four now, including that LAFC game. So more often than not, that squad rotation that has seen Pablo Mastroeni and his staff use all 28 players has been very, very, I think, masterfully handled uh, by Pablo because uh, for a team to play so many games. I think at one point it was nine out of 11 weeks. We went Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, and, and obviously the team got a lot done. So, um, the last thing that we can maybe look forward to, hopefully, uh, we have this possibility maybe on Sunday. Uh, maybe it's the Saturday return against Houston, but, uh, the new Jamaican international Kevin Lambert, who, uh, comes to us from the Phoenix, rising of the USL that uh, transaction just completed here this past week. And, you know, domestic uh, transfers are not subject to the traditional uh, windows. So obviously this is very similar to the Diego Luna acquisition last year where there's no ITC transfers, just simply uh, a purchase fee from Real Salt Lake to Phoenix Rising. And what you're getting is a 6'3", 185-pound um he can play center back. He can play holding mid. I think for Phoenix, he was mostly a six and a, and a midfielder. I think he's projected uh, to play a little more center back for us here because even with the Ruiz injury, you still have Brian Ojeda, Jasper Laffelsund, uh Nelson Palacio, Ameka Anelli, and Scott Caldwell, who all can play in, in those pivot roles and have throughout this year. Even Diego Luna's seen some time at pivot uh, early on in the year. So um, Lambert's best chance to see the field may be as relief for Vera, Glad, or Silva in a rest or injury or suspension type situation here in these last couple months. But uh, impressive guy. He's 26 years old. He's played 25 times for Jamaica. And 23 is official uh, senior team caps. And uh, we're excited to welcome uh, Kevin to Salt Lake and to the club. So uh, look forward to that. It's important to note here, Ryan, that the Lambert acquisition had been in the works for a handful of weeks. So it's not a reaction to Pablo Ruiz as a lot of people are kind of taking because of the timing. Um, Pablo Ruiz did have surgery on his right meniscus on uh the friday a couple days after the lafc game um it, i think there was a hope that they'd open up that knee look at the meniscus and some meniscus injuries are four to eight week propositions but it was so um it needed such a complete repair uh that he's out for four to six months so right now the hope is that uh, pablo ruiz will be back and ready to rock and roll in mid-january of 2024 for next season so uh, that's kind of the quick rundown as we look ahead, obviously RSL, uh, like it will here next week with Houston. Uh, we played the LA galaxy twice in a week, once in an open cup game, once in a league game, uh, both at home RSL losing at home in a, in a league game 
a game that it had led 2-1 with about 20 minutes left, ended up losing 3-2. But a week later, we won the one that maybe mattered more at the time, which was uh, the Open Cup uh, quarterfinal. That was on June 7th, RSL. Uh, surging out to, I think, a 3-0, sorry, 2-0 halftime lead on uh, Demir Krylak goals. One was a penalty right before halftime. Jefferson Savarino with the dagger, what we thought was the dagger, uh, 52nd minute. And then you you have a 3-0 lead into the final 10 minutes, and you end up uh, holding on for a 3-2 win. So there's lessons to be learned there. Obviously, LA Galaxy have talented players on their roster. They've had a very difficult a uh, couple, you know, years. I guess um, they were knocked out by the Demiracle in Kansas City a couple years ago from the playoffs, and then uh, did not make the playoffs last year. Chris Klein was released. They've uh, been sanctioned. Uh, they cu- they couldn't do uh, a lot of international transfers because of the roster rules violations. And uh, Ricky Poosh is an amazing, amazing player. Uh, they've got other talent in that squad. They've brought in some new players here uh, this summer through free agency and trades and other acquisitions. So I kind of don't know really what we're going to get a look at with the Galaxy, but they're a very different team than we saw on May 31st and June 7th. And as you remember, Ryan, you know we saw Portland uh, twice in I think ten days because of the Open Cup. Um, we saw Colorado twice in four days because of the Open Cup. Um, going into that LAFC game, RSL had not lost in an elimination match this year. Four Open Cup wins, one uh, knockout Leagues Cup win. So that streak came to an end. The streak that is still alive going into Sunday, um, which I think you know is a point of pride for this club, is a current eight game MLS. Uh, unbeaten streak on the road. So that's at stake. You win that or tie that in a, in LA Sunday, you get to nine, which would mark the second longest road, uh, single season road unbeaten streak in league history. Uh, the record is 12. And I was just looking at this here. Uh, the record is 12. I believe that was FC Dallas. Um, that is correct. Dallas went 12 straight road games without defeat from uh, the beginning of May in 2010 to the end of September in 2010. So RSL has a chance to join some elite company that can get a result Sunday night in L.A. And obviously, if that streak dies, that's okay as long as you win in Houston because that Open Cup semifinal in Houston midweek is going to be the critical one, Ryan. And RSL is going to stay in L.A., uh, Monday and Tuesday after that Sunday night game and then not arrive in Houston until uh, Tuesday evening. So hopefully that keeps the boys fresh and not having to slog through a couple extra days of 100-degree heat and 100% humidity as we see in Houston this time of year because you know Wednesday nights, uh, you've been in that stadium. There's no air circulation on the field level. Uh, you feel like you can't breathe. You're suffocated by the heat and humidity. Then you go sit in a locker room, either pregame or halftime. They got the AC cranked at 64 degrees in there. And then uh, you get cold and you're wearing your, you're trying to keep your clothes dry and it's impossible. And then you go back out and you get 
punched in the face again when you go out for the second half, as Kyle Beckerman used to describe it. So anyway, big week for RSL. Hopefully you get that Open Cup semifinal advancement. Uh, again, 90-minute game. If it's tied, 30 minutes of OT. And then penalty kicks if needed. And uh, RSL has hosting priority. So if RSL can advance from, from that game down in Houston next Wednesday, it will host the Open Cup final against the winner of either Miami or or Cincinnati. Obviously, Miami's in the League's Cup final. Uh, they're, they need to beat Cincinnati a couple hours before RSL Houston to get to the Open Cup semifinal, or Open Cup final, excuse me. And then you've got uh, the whole complicated scenarios of which CONCACAF Champions Cup berths cascade. So uh, as we discussed earlier, RSL could have a scenario, RSL and Houston could have a scenario where they know if they win their semi, they're into next year's CONCACAF uh, competition. So anyway, uh, three of the next four on the road, five home games in the next 14 days as RSL does go to Portland on the 30th of August and back home for fireworks on Labor Day weekend, September 2nd. Both of these next two RSL games on August 26th and September 2nd should sell out, Ryan. Um, obviously, we haven't had a home game since uh, Leon there at the beginning of August, so there's some pent-up demand. The team's been playing well, and um, you know, I think the big question for me is, okay, who, without Pablo Ruiz, who who is there one person? Probably not. I think there's multiple people that are going to have to pick up the playmaking role, and some of that may be uh, Ojeda. Some of it may be Loffelson. It'll certainly be Luna and Savarino, uh, as well as maybe the center backs, because you know we've seen Glad and Silva hit those big 40-yard diagonal switches that Pablo is so adept at. Uh, so his his abilities will not be replicated, but uh, still the end product from his uh, playmaking uh, will need to be replaced. And it, it'll probably take a few games and maybe every day for the rest of the year, it's going to be a different person stepping up each game to uh, to provide that. But, you know, this team has had a next man up mentality for several years now under Pablo. And um, there's no time to, to cry. Obviously, we wish Pablo the best in his recovery. He's been amazing. His attitude I think is spectacular. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the team's biggest cheerleader now the rest of the way, as he put it to me. And, um, so we're going to find out on the field, uh, how do we replace Pablo Ruiz? And maybe it looks even more prescient for Elliot and Kurt and ownership to have gotten that Ojeda deal done. Um, to, you know, we have extreme depth. We've used 28 players in the last 120 days and, you know, maybe a couple other guys get their debuts here in the, in the stretch run. And, um, I know Kevin Lambert has talked about um, this being his best season as a professional. He wants to cap it off with a trophy or two here for RSL. He's uh, he's ineligible, just so everybody knows. He's ineligible to play in the Open Cup because he did play Open Cup games with Phoenix, so he is cup-tied. But uh, at least in Wednesday in Houston, he'll be a big cheerleader as well. So that's the 30,000-foot view, I think, going into you know the final third of the season, the final stretch. It's kind of amazing – Ryan, to think, I think this team has already played 34 games. So we played 24 regular season games. We've played five um, Open Cup games, sorry, four Open Cup games and four 
uh, League's Cup games. So that only adds up to 32. So we've played almost the equivalent now going into L.A. of a full season, and there's a lot of soccer left to play. So this depth that we have at almost every position group, I think is massive, and uh, I'm excited for this week. I'll be on the road with the team in L.A. and Houston. Um, maybe we can figure out a way to do a, a, a Open Cup preview episode next week, but that's where we're at heading uh, as, as the League's Cup closes down, and we've talked about watching the League's Cup from afar. I, I love the tournament. Obviously, there's some certain tweaks that need to be made. I thought I thought the VAR robbery of Hani Mukhtar's goal the other night was – um, just the worst of the worst I've ever seen. Um, I'm not saying we should throw VAR out completely, although I did tweet that because uh, VAR has VAR has done some good things. But as we've seen in England, as we've seen in, in Concacaf, as we've seen in MLS, uh, the different interpretations sometimes seemingly to protect a referee's ego and not do what's best for the game is the subject of a lot of debate when these things happen. So anyway, that uh, that's my big diatribe. What are what are you hoping to see as the team uh, resumes MLS and Open Cup action? Well, lots of stuff there. Um, I think the trying to outline what does this or trying to even predict what this team looks like without Pablo Ruiz is difficult. Um, I mean, he is the, the the way that the team looks has looked with Pablo Ruiz there was a result of a similar situation of trying to figure out who fits in this position. Does Pablo is he is he ready for this? That kind of thing. I remember last year wasn't fully his and then he took over and took and now he's there so i think that does that does speak to the kind of like what uh pablo does with uh, pablo uh, mastroni does with this team because he uh he puts people where they need to be you know he finds places for people and i think that that's uh it's gonna be interesting um i'm not expecting it to be well i, I want it to be <laughs> i really wanted to see this team coalesce the way that we've been seeing it kind of come together i think it's it's not totally exactly 100 i think that that this isn't Chicho's team yet. I think he's ready to like take over. I just it's one of those things. It's it's not an easy job to come in and just yeah. be part of a team. And I think we we saw like we talk about uh, Seattle and Lyon. I think we saw this team connect on ways that like this is this is a team that we that's the best we've ever seen RSL play. I think in those two games. And um, yeah. And and look the streak. The various streaks weren't going to last forever. Oh, we no. talked about this a little bit after the Monterey loss. Like. Maybe that that's that releases the pressure valve, right? And I think there's a silver lining maybe yeah. to having these ten days off after LAFC prior to the Galaxy, because it just gives everybody a chance again to reset, refresh, rehab, um, and then refocus. Well, and, and you think, like, and we'll find out if that happens. Yeah, and you think about like the the just the brutal like nature of the MLS season combined with these two tournaments yeah. over overlapping. I mean, it's like how valuable the last 10 games are to an MLS team that's looking to get into the playoffs and get a good position in the playoffs and to at least have a second to like catch a breath and take a look. I'm hoping we see that that's, you know, I, I I'm confident we've seen that this team is going to be ready for the next sure. stretch of games. Um, I think that like, we just, <laughs> I, I do want to see it on the field though. Like in my yeah. head, it, it all makes sense, but I want to see it on the field. I think that we need to see some, we're going to need to see some huge performances. We're going to need to see some games. We're going to have to have a game that has a demiracle type of a, a, yeah. a label put on it somehow. I don't know what that's going to come from. Uh, but I think that in order for RSL to achieve what we want them to, that we know they're capable of achieving, sure. it's going to take some pretty gigantic performances. And I think our guys, I mean, I think they're ready for it. Yeah. Um, I, 
I really, I, I don't know. I, I'm always optimistic. I mean, we're, we joke about how silver linings <laughs> we are about this in the show. We're the we're optimistic version of the the podcast, RSL podcast world. But, um, but I think we we are we have seen some things that we we know we can trust these guys. We know that that we've seen the next man up be successful, and we've seen people take the opportunities they've been given. So, yeah. uh, in in situations like LAFC and Monterey, we see some things like some lapses get punished. And I think that like that's those are the things I think I think that's going to be is hanging. Those are going to be in their minds as much as yeah. any of like the the goal. I, and, I, and and I guess I don't mean to interrupt you, but I you know Pablo would say in both those games it was chances not taken more than the chances conceded, oh, like, right? They should have two goals in first half at, at LAFC. Yeah. So it's like, and even yep. in Monterey, there was plenty of, it's just, I think that's, I think that's something that we would have said, like when a RSL team lost big in the past, sometimes we're like, well, let's just get, let's forget about well, this. And but I'm, now, I'm surprised too about being shut out in both those games. Cause oh, yeah. in, I think it was 10 straight games leading up to the Monterey loss. We'd scored two or more goals. Wow. And, and obviously with Chicho, Savarino, Luna, um, Rubin, Musovsky's been red hot of late. Um, Julio had a red hot stretch there at the end of June, early July. Um, is Gomez like everybody's been contributing to these offensive onslaughts that did get us from 12th to tied for second in the West that did get us through the open cup. Demir Krylock has more braces uh, than anybody else. I think he's got two in open cup and one in, in MLS, Danny Masovsky, who I mentioned uh, his game winning goal against um, who did we play last home game? The three one. Oh yeah. Leon. So like, I, I don't know. It's just been, it's been fun to watch. You never know which night, like who's going to step up. Chicho obviously has, I think a certain weight on his shoulders because of his cost and his resume. Uh, but what does he have? Three goals and two assists in seven games now with RSL. Uh, Savarino had scored in three out of four games at, at one point prior to the LAFC. Um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to think that this is a finely, tuned machine obviously you have to recalibrate without ruiz uh michael chang is back for the first time since i think late june so that's that's more depth um you've got young guys that have contributed you've got uh, academy kids you've got draft picks on top of uh the big money guys or the dps that that we've spent to to bring in and, and to keep so uh i'm excited and uh it is a gauntlet I do love having games every three or four days because it just creates kind of a nice rhythm. Um, I don't love it when, like, beginning of last year, we had, what, nine injuries simultaneously, although the team did very well then. And so um, we'll see how they respond to the LAFC loss. We'll see how they respond to having uh, going from L.A. to Houston, back to Salt Lake, to Portland, back to Salt Lake. Again, five games in less than 14 days, actually. Um, that's tough. Uh, even though we fly charter and it's easier than commercial, uh, it's still not easy for some somebody that depends on their body uh, to perform optimally when you're uh, taking late night charters and zipping and living out of a hotel and kind of sometimes you forget where you are. And, and maybe that's just me because I'm old, but I know it happens to these guys too. So anyway, I'm excited uh, for, for the opportunities. And I know uh, Pablo and the guys are as well. All right, that's it for this episode of Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. Please check out this week's bonus episode uh, where Ryan and I, along with uh, Brian Dunseth, 
uh, share some thoughts on on John Jenna and uh, and Dunny's interview with John upon his M- uh, ALS di- diagnosis. So uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week in between the LA Galaxy and Houston Dynamo games. Obviously, Open Cup is the priority. Open Cup is the focus. And uh, with a result in Houston, some sort of advancement, hopefully in 90 minutes, hopefully not a shootout because my heart can't take those shootouts anymore. But uh, the opportunity to play for a trophy at home is extraordinarily rare. And that's the reward for winning next Wednesday down in Houston. You're listening to Bleeding Claret and Cobalt. You can find us on socials at Claret Cobalt. Twitter and Instagram, anchor.fm slash claret and cobalt. We'd like to thank our partner, uh, One Wire Fiber and Adam Sessions. We'd also like to thank you for listening, sharing, downloading, subscribing, and doing all those things everybody does with the podcast space to support this club. So uh, with that, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, thanks everybody, and uh, go RSL.